Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening this week. Tomas Essen and Pepe Mar are Art Week and Art Basel veterans. Both of them are Miami-based artists whose works have been shown and sold at Art Basel and the other art fairs during Art Week in years past. This year, Essen's art will not be for sale inside the Miami Beach Convention Center when Art Basel starts later this week. Instead, he hopes to take advantage of the focus of the contemporary art world turning to Miami this week by selling his art through one of the many gallery shows that are synchronized with Art Basel. This could be my breakthrough. I have been close to that breaking point, but never has made that crossover yet. So maybe this is my time. So I am ready. Pepe Mar's art will be looking for buyers inside the Miami Beach Convention Center where Art Basel is held. He's one of fewer than three dozen artists chosen to show their work at a new section of the show, and he had a big Basel last year. Last year, I sold uh, all my inventory of works that I had at the convention center to one collector. Both Mar and Essen are experienced professional artists making their living full-time creating art here in South Florida. Fred Snitzer and David Castillo are the gallery owners who hope to find buyers for their art. Snitzer represents Tomas Essen. Castillo works with Pepe Mar. Now, the business model isn't hard to understand. It's a 50-50 split of the purchase price of a piece of art between the artist and the gallery. While it seems um, very generous uh, to the gallery, there are a lot of upfront costs. And a lot of those costs are not reimbursed to the gallery. For David Castillo, that means tens of thousands of dollars for space just to show art at Art Basel Miami Beach. Fred Snitzer will be there too, selling art, but he is not showing Tomas Essen's work at Art Basel proper. Instead, Snitzer is holding a solo show of Essen's paintings at his Miami gallery, hoping to capitalize on Basel flooding the market with buyers. This is not going to make him rich by any means. Um, This is going to, at best kind of give him enough of a leg up to continue. But he doesn't work at Burger King. All he does every day for as long as I've known him is paint. Today on our program, two South Florida artists and the gallery owners selling their work, looking for buyers during Art Week. Also on today's program, another story of money and the price of life in South Florida in a segment we call Financial Statements. Both of our kids have gotten engaged So speaking of financial investments, I think everybody understands what that means. Ron Klein is a lawyer. He spent more than a decade as an elected representative from Palm Beach and Broward counties. You'll be able to hear his story of money and the price of life coming up. On a quiet street between I-95 and the Biscayne Canal sits Tomas Essen's house. Just a block away is the official boundary for the city of North Miami. But this is unincorporated Dade County. Most of the homes in this neighborhood were built in the decade after World War II. They're two- and three-bedroom homes, most originally built with one-car garages. In what was Tomas Essen's garage is now where he paints. Where there was a garage door is now a wall of ground-to-ceiling bay windows, allowing natural light to flood into the space, especially in the morning since it faces east. Inside, the walls are lined with his work, massive pieces of linen stretched across wooden frames. Six, eight, ten feet tall, one 19 feet wide. That one is called Oracle 4, Oracle 4. Essen had just finished it a few days before we visited. Globs of paint were still shiny. They weren't completely dried yet. The painting is one of several in a series that is more abstract than his earlier work, and it's among those he hopes to sell during Art Week. This is exactly my last physical time 
has been working this for six months, for instance. This painting took me six months. You last touched this just a few days ago. Yes, 10 days ago it's finished, was finished after six months of work. And you have painted this here in this studio. In North Miami, yes. Where we're standing right now in your yes, home. in this country as well. You know, in this weather. This is an enormous investment of your time, yes. your energy, yes. and certainly your creativity, because that's what's reflected here. Yes. As you're trying to reflect what you want to communicate back to the world. And as this goes into a marketplace now, where buyers and sellers are going to look at this, going to assess value to it. Exactly. What are your hopes and, and, and wishes for this kind of piece? with the kind of investment that you've made in this creatively, but also the time investment that you've made into it? Um, beautiful question, beautiful. Um, I mean, I, I expect the knowledgeable people that I respect can see what I'm trying to, to do. I'm not kidding here. I'm playing hard. Remember, when I was making painting at the beginning of my life, when I was a little boy, Money was an issue. Now, of course, I am a professional. Now, money is an issue. But if it's worth it to sell it for a lot of money and depending, it doesn't have any impact, this doesn't fascinate me at all. What does fascinate Essen is work that raises his reputation as an artist. He's in his mid-50s, married with four kids, including one stepson. All are younger than 11. He's been painting since growing up in Havana. He came to the United States in 1990, first living in Miami, then New York, then returning to Miami. He's been on the edge of breaking out before. In the early 1990s, he was among Cuban artists, featured in a Newsweek magazine article titled The Next Wave from Havana. He was among the group of Cuban artists that were commissioned to create an ad for Absolute Vodka back then. He was paid $5,000 for it. His paintings are not subtle. Forceful is how one art critic has described his earlier work depicting mythological creatures, beastly, sexual, centaur-type figures in raw form. His painting is transformed now into more abstract shapes and more fury. Eight of his new pieces hit the market this week. What would you like these paintings, this reflection of your creative output and your time and energy, what, what would you like it to see? I put it this way, you know. Three years ago, like you say, I'm a father. I asked them what they wanted. And I remember two years ago, they wanted to go to Disney World. I never brought my child to Disney World. So with the exhibition, I was able to bring my child to Disney World to do all the things that before I wasn't able to do it. So let's gonna say, so I make a, a selling of the show a, sell, a sold out of the show, may I, I can be able to, to build a pool here. There you see I have a big budget, I can make a pool. You know, maybe I can fix something in the house. Or, you know, it's more or less something that I can do with that money. So if I continue, I know, imagine, maybe with one painting, I could do all those things. In my case, maybe I need to say all of them <laughs> to do all of this. Speaking with painter Tomas Essen in his art studio in Miami-Dade County. The biggest of his new paintings is priced close to $100,000.
Still to come, the gallery owner hoping to find buyers for Essen's work. The best opportunity we have to sell his work or pretty much anybody's work is the month that we're giving him, which is opening in, in, during the time of Miami Art Week. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks again for listening. I'm Tom Hudson. Coming up later on this program, financial statements, stories of money and the price of life in South Florida. As a young lawyer, Ron Klein and his family moved to the region in the mid-1980s after growing up in Cleveland. You know, I grew up in a, um, um, a bit of a depression mentality household. My mom was a, a public school teacher. My dad had a small business, some five and ten cent stores. Klein spent almost 20 years as an elected official, serving time in the Florida House and Senate before being elected to Congress twice. His story coming up. Fred Snitzer has been showing and selling artwork at Art Basel for as long as it's been coming to Miami Beach in December. He is the only South Florida-based gallery owner who can make that claim. He has been part of the committee choosing which galleries show which art at Art Basel Miami Beach for several years. He knows the contemporary art market for artists, and he helps make that market. Snitzer will be selling art again this year inside the Miami Beach Convention Center. But one of his artists who won't be among the works for sale inside the center is Tomas Essen. Snitzer showed Essen's work at Basel in the past two years, but this year... He's showing Essen's newest art at his art gallery near downtown Miami. It's a practical decision because of the size of Essen's paintings. They're enormous, as much as it is driven by price. The best opportunity we have to sell his work or pretty much anybody's work is the month that we're giving him, which is opening in, in, during the time of Miami Art Week. And how does this month in 2019 compare to previous years in the lead up to this month there's lots of people spending lots and lots of money on art that's a good thing a lot of that is in the million plus range per work which is not where we are so as you sort of try and analyze the market moving downwards from that it becomes less easy to sort of predict or analyze what what that is. So in general, I mean, people are making money in the stock market. This is a very good year. Um, We've lived through and survived uh, real estate crashes and all sorts of other things. And the art market has been reasonably resilient. This should be a very good year. For someone who uh, judges the market and brings artists to market, what is it about Tomas's work and this time in the market that gives you confidence as the broker, as the gallerist, to bring this work into the marketplace? Well, that question would be great if I was more of a businessman, <laughs> but because I'm an You've art- run this gallery successfully for a good number of years here, Fred. Well, but by the same token, uh, this is the art world. So many, many, many times we make decisions here, I make decisions here, that are as much based on an opportunity to show a certain level, a certain quality, a certain um, ability, irregardless of whether or not we think there's a market for it. There is a tremendous amount of risk in showing great material. Also in showing great material in um, a slightly backwater market, 
meaning that we're we're Miami, we're not New York, we're not Berlin, we're not LA. We're somewhere where one week a year there's a market, there's activity there. So it's not, you know, my father used to be in the drugstore business and, you know, they wanted to buy bear aspirin. You put the bear's aspirin on the shelf and it's sold. It's not this business at all. How do you make sense of that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Again, I'm an artist first, so I don't really have to. Um, This would definitely drive somebody who has an MBA out of their minds. Without saying too many terrible things about the local market, it has almost no bearing on what I do. I speak to an international market, and I speak to international collectors. We sell in Korea, we sell in China, we sell in Japan, we sell all through Europe, all over the United States. I could not do what I'm doing based on a Miami collector base. Which is an interesting acknowledgement for Tomas, someone who is of Miami, Cuban-American, creating here in Miami, kind of working with a Miami-based gallerist to bring this new work into that market. Help me kind of explain all that. So I've been doing this for 42 years, and pre-Basel, there was very little opportunity to speak to this international market. So because of Art Basel, the doors began to open to bring this big, relevant um, international audience to us. With an artist like Tomas, I don't think that I'm showing Tomas because he lives in Miami. I don't think I'm even showing him because he's Cuban or um, of African descent or any of those things. They're all stuff that that flies around in it that sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't help. I'm showing him because he's a great painter. The cues in the market drive it a lot. And the cues are of a certain quality this year, which should be terribly in his favor. What are some of those cues in the market that lead you to the conclusion that it should be a good time for his art? It's funny, and not to get political, but the art world always tended to be on the liberal side of things. And I think for quite a while, for example, artists of African descent, either African-American or could not sell and nobody cared nobody was interested for a very long time suddenly almost I think I mean I'm not a sociologist and I'm not a uh, political guy but I think almost in reaction to a kind of as as the perception becomes more repressive in the general climate of our United States the, the the liberal side of things gets more inclusive and more welcoming and say, wait a minute, well, you know, look, we had a black president. I mean, a lot of things have moved in this direction. But right now, it is the best time I have ever seen for artists of color to get their work shown. It is not why I'm showing Tomas, and I have shown Tomas many times before this, but for better or worse... It should play to his favor. Speaking with art gallery owner Fred Snitzer inside his gallery in Miami, one of the artists he represents, Tomas Essen from Miami, won't have his art for sale at the Art Basel show this week. Instead, he's going to have a solo show at Snitzer's gallery during Art Week. Still to come, 
A Miami artist making his second straight appearance at Art Basel after a very successful show last year. You know, that meant that I was able to pay the rent for this, for this space for like a whole year. This is the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening to WLRN. Later on in this program, Ron Klein's story of money and the price of life in South Florida. It's a story of someone who's worked in the halls of power as a public office holder. Florida sometimes does things on the cheap as a government, uh, which I think uh, doesn't translate well over time. Klein served in the Florida legislature and in Congress, representing parts of Palm Beach and Broward counties. His story is still to come. You can find all of our financial statement story by going to WLRN.org slash financial dash statements. That's WLRN.org slash financial dash statements. Pepe Mar has been part of the South Florida art scene for about 20 years. He came here to escape the high cost of living in the San Francisco area. Two decades ago, the Bay Area was booming in the years just before the dot-com bubble burst, and Mar was fresh out of art school. Fast forward, and Marr has made a living as a full-time artist in South Florida. His work will be at Art Basel for the second year in a row, and he's looking to move again because of the high cost of real estate. Only this time, he plans on staying in South Florida. His studio is behind a storefront on a short commercial strip of businesses in Miami's Little River neighborhood. It's a narrow and long rectangle space. He shares it with a fashion designer. It's crowded with their work. Narrow aisles squeezed between desks, tables overflowing with all kinds of stuff that make up the raw materials of Mars art. When we visited the art studio last month, he was finishing part of the work that will be up for sale this week at Art Basel. Here in this area here, that's where kind of like my work is uh, rooted in collage. So I think here is where a lot of uh, of my collage uh works happen. So I think uh, a lot of ideas kind of like emerge from doing uh, like this like small collages and also like three-dimensional collages. So on the wall here of your studio you've got a series of your collages, of your mixed media collages, Mm -hmm. various sizes, um, all hung up. A couple of them are uh, kind of three-dimensional Three-dimensional. works here. So that's kind of like one of the things that I'm known for because, you know, these collages are flat and stuff, you know, but actually I'm known for making these pieces that are three-dimensional. So they're like shown in these like shadow boxes, like almost like this kind of like a... uh, you know, like a like a cabinet of curiosities. So they 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 have like all of these like almost like these things are like popping out. You know, f- to the viewer, they're just like kind of like almost becomes like a sculptural kind of like collage. Yeah, this one uh, from my angle looks kind of like a mask almost. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And there's pieces that evoke feathers or mm-hmm. some kind of accoutrement, and then some uh, ceramic or, or uh, pottery. Yeah, I, I've been collecting the pottery. So I collect the pottery and then I take the pottery and I kind of like um, use it to, to I, I invert the pottery. So in this case, the pottery is not really in the right orientation and then it creates like a kind of like a mouth, but also like an orifice almost kind of like becomes like this, uh, like a rabbit hole where so, so that it looks like you enter this world, you know, that I'm kind of like presenting, you know, that I'm creating. 
and kind of like a really messy <laughs> studio. <laughs> I keep my studio very messy because I have so many things. I mean, I'm not an artist who works with like a brush and canvases or something. I, I have to have like all these objects and things and everything. It is kind of a tight fit here between your uh, work desks. <laughs> so we have here, the, the, this is the collage station that I call. Over here is where I have all these things that come to the thrift store that I buy and I bring them here. Some of these things have been here sitting for years. Some of these things recently bought some things that I immediately use you know because I sometimes I bring something and I immediately gets used um, here's like a sewing machine that is like this industrial machine where we do like a lot of parts of sculptures there's like definitely like this like soft sculpture like elements that some of the works have so that gets produced in the sewing machine uh, this is like my desk <laughs> and it has a Apple uh, Macintosh uh, desktop yeah, computer on it there and then here we have like a such a mixture of things we have works that uh older works that you know that i'm storing here i have works actually i actually have a painting here that uh, somebody owns but they haven't picked it up then we have uh something that is going to be part of the piece of the convention center right here some of the things that are inside of this were gifted to me by these friends of mine that were friends with with barla so this is the subject of my installation at, at meridians Meridians is the name of the section of the Art Basel show that is made up of big works of art from 34 artists. Mar is one of them. His work is as big as a room, 12 feet tall, 12 feet wide, and 40 feet long. It's called Varla TV. It's an homage to the drag queen Varla, who performed in the early 1990s in South Beach. Varla was painter Craig Coleman. He died in 1994. Mar's work incorporates Coleman's paintings with his own into one massive piece. The Art Basel market has been good for Mar. Last year, all of his work at the show was sold to a single collector. You know, that meant that I was able to pay the rent for this, this, for this space for like a whole year. And then I had money left over to do other things that I had to do. So I think, you know, like it really makes a huge difference, you know, to be, I mean, and, you know, business-wise, I mean. <laughs> yeah, so. Basel in the past for you, Pepe, has met a year's worth of rent. Mm -hmm. for your studio exactly. you are in one of the hottest neighborhoods in miami here between mm -hmm. little river and the shores yeah i think it's becoming a little bit more like the new wingwood art district where you know i think even three years ago when i first arrived in the neighborhood the street was under construction because they were doing some uh, major renovation to the plumbing and to the the sewage and everything on the street so i think those years where um where all that stuff all that work was happening it was kind of like another like a very desirable place because it was under construction for so long because they really did like a big overhaul on the street. Uh, I think that's when I, around the time that I signed the lease. So I think that's why it was like still a, a affordable. But now with the opening of like, you know, like the Citadel development and all these kind of things. So I think, you know, I think now, you know, I think this neighborhood now is like gaining a lot of traction with, you know, like, and, and, and the rents are being like going up, up a lot. So how's that affecting you and your studio here? Well, you know, I think we now have to find a new, a new, a new place. You know, the next, the next, the next affordable area for artists and stuff like that. How much is writing on Basel 
then? I mean, if you've got a great, successful Basel, could you wind up staying here? Uh, no, I think I think I'm ready to kind of like start a new chapter, you know, and kind of like do like something different. I mean, I'm thinking that's part of what being an artist. I mean, you're talking about being here for 20 years. I think you kind of like always, you know, like evolving and you know finding the the next. I mean, I worked in a church for a while. I mean, because it was very affordable to work in the church. So I think you kind of like always figure out a way to to maintain your your studio and everything, you know. You want to move for creative reasons, but there's some economic pressures here. Exactly, yeah, you do both. You know, I think there's definitely, you have to look for opportunities, I mean, creative and also economically, you know, you know both, you know, and, and try to to survive in all of this environment, exactly, because Miami is like growing so fast and, and everything kind of like is happening so, you know, rapidly. A good Basel for you this year means what as you're looking for your next studio space? Uh, I think it's just, I mean, a good Basel would mean, like, opportunities, you know, and um, I think sometimes, like, you know, like, there's things I, I didn't even think about that could be a possibility, but now, you know, I have an op- another opportunity where I could, you know, I mean, money and all those things also have, like, have, have to do with it as part of the equation, you know. Are you staying in Miami? Yeah, 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 yes. That without a question. That yes, was a exactly. fast answer. Exactly. I mean, I live here, so I think I, I think that's not that's not a that's not an option. I mean, more about looking for opportunities about where to work next, how to what I mean, what to do about the studio space. Actually, I'm planning to uh, to build a studio in um, in my house because I have like this big kind of like um, area that I could transform. But I, I I haven't done that yet. But I have to be somewhere in the meantime. So I think I have to find somewhere and then go from that to the other thing. That's a big investment, I would think. Yeah, it's a big investment, but I think that I already kind of like being in all these places, paying all this rent for all these years, you know. <laughs> it's part of it. I mean, and now it's like so expensive, like, you know, because I even heard, because now I've been in the market a little bit for like having a temporary studio, and I even heard like, even places like North Miami and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's expensive, yeah. I'm going to build it so that it's kind of like, doesn't really feel like like a home. It's going to be almost like a separate part so i think that's going to be nice because i won't be able to i don't have to deal with all this like landlords and rents and <laughs> and all this kind of stuff yeah miami artist pepe mar in his studio speaking with us last month as he was getting ready for art basel he's one of the artists whose work will be for sale at this year's show in miami beach now still to come the gallery owner who's bringing mars work to basel looking for buyers and what a sale could mean for his career it actually has much larger ramifications than the 50 percent of that money that the artist will make Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for listening and supporting public radio. When the housing bubble burst and the Great Recession hit South Florida, Ron Klein was on Capitol Hill. He was a congressman representing parts of Palm Beach and Broward counties. I'm very um, strong on homeownership. It's something that you invest in and uh, you get the benefit out of. I think my ideas on homeownership have changed, though, over the years. Ron Klein's story of money and the price of life in South Florida is still to come on this program. Pepe Mar is just one of 34 artists whose work will be included in a section of the Art Basel Art Show beginning later this week at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Art Basel is the center of what has grown into Art Week in South Florida, a collection of art shows, galleries, and museum exhibitions around South Florida, all synchronized with Art Basel. 
Mars piece is massive. It's the size of a big living room. David Castillo is the one responsible for finding a buyer for it. He runs his own gallery in Miami Beach and represents Pepe Mar at Art Basel. Castillo has put one of Mar's smaller pieces in his main booth at Art Basel. In addition to the regular fee for that space, Castillo has had to pay $20,000 more for a section in the Meridian's space. That's the area that will include Pepe Mar's big piece. Odds are the buyer Castillo is looking for will be a museum or a museum working with a collector willing to pick up the bill. If a private collector is buying it on behalf of an institution, they will get the same discount that the museum directly would get. Tell me what the business model for you, the gallerist who's taking that risk, right, paying the fee to be in in the show, the risk that you're taking. Well, so there are two fees. One is for the uh, gallery sector booth. Uh, where we show um, multiple artists, including Pepe Mar, and then the fee for Meridians. Um, Generally speaking, we always curate our booths, um, whether it's a group booth or a solo project. So we always go into it with some idea of what we're going to present. And obviously part of what uh, the part of what the thinking that goes behind it is um, the market that we have created for each of those individual artists. The risk is limited is where I'm going with this in the sense that you take the very best works because it is the most important contemporary art fair in the world and you take works that you have already created a market for. Um, Both collectors and institutions have already called to pre-purchase Work So these are artists that we've already uh, created um, a market for. So obviously there's never a guarantee with art sales, but that's part of the planning that uh, goes into it. The market potential for Pepe, the artist that you're representing, one of many that you're representing mm-hmm. in our Basel, mm-hmm. but the one perhaps that you're putting a spotlight on mm-hmm. because of the solo nature of uh, part of the, the uh, exhibition yes. that he's involved in. Talk to me a little bit about that calculated risk of his art Mm. at this time in the market to make up for the cost that it's Mm. going to take for you to bring his work to the marketplace. There are always costs that are upfront costs or costs in advance. So in this instance, obviously, the cost of the stand or the space for the project that is paid um, in advance, production that goes into creating a work like that, um, staff, installation, shipping, um, all of those are de-installation. Every every step of the way, those things get paid for. In Pepe Mar's case specifically, um, uh, one painting, the sale of one painting from our gallery sector booth would pay for this project. And so... This is a five-figure cost, right? It is a five-figure cost, correct, yeah. yes. And so um, his paintings sell regularly. So sure, there are never any guarantees, but you're taking the absolute best works by the roster of artists whom you represent And uh, you've also considered their market and the interest, the potential interest that there could be in a project like that and and how it's going to get paid ultimately, right, Uh, with the project selling, but how you pay for it in advance. 
for the upfront cost. Right. It's cost out of your pocket first Correct. before you're able to recoup that in Correct. the purchase. In this case, a painting of Pepe's may sell or perhaps already has sold. Yes. Already has sold. Yes. Then, which pays for the secondary installation, the larger one. Correct. That that a sale of one of his paintings pays for what it would cost us to participate in Meridians. That's correct. But for Pepe in particular, right? Because you're you're investing time and energy and perhaps most importantly to become to continue to be an ongoing concern in other businesses, you're investing financial resources yes. in that. What do you think something like that installation could sell for if it's an institutional buyer or a private collector? Well, the installation, I know what it, what we have priced it at, and that's um, $85,000, which taken what his individual painting sell for is quite reasonable. So a single painting sells for $35,000. And a museum presumably will get a 20% discount. Off of the 85000 Correct. So price-wise, it's actually... Um, very feasible for an institution to um, acquire something like that or have a collector uh, acquired on behalf of an institution. So it's priced quite fairly. What does a sale like that mean in your experience to the artist? It's significant, one, because um, either a major collector would be acquiring it on behalf of an institution or an institution would be acquiring it directly. And so what that means for the artist is another feather in their art world cap. You know, it adds to the prestige of their work overall. It adds to their career advancement. Um, so it it actually has much larger ramifications than the 50% of that money that the artist will make. For this particular artist that you represent, Pepe Mar, told us a story, David, about his studio now. Mm -hmm. After Basel, almost regardless of how successful it is for him and his work, he's moving because the rents are going up. Correct. Correct. Artists who are established ultimately look for spaces that they can acquire because the idea of renting the space is on the one hand never-ending and the rents can go up astronomically from one year to the next and certainly for example if someone is aware that the artist is doing well that may be related to the rent increase that said he's building a studio pepe has decided to kind of take control of that exactly. expense exactly and so Yes, well, it seems like, well, there are obvious costs in, involved with owning a property. Um, long term, it, it makes a lot of sense if you're able to do it. If you have the upfront money, um, it allows you to have a permanent home from which to work. And there's never this concern of um, increases. So you, you know what it costs. You know what you have to put in upfront, And you know um, what you have to pay long term monthly, if anything. So it's, it's, a, it's a more controlled situation than the variable as nature of um, renting. Miami Beach art gallery owner David Castillo. He represents the Miami-based artist Pepe Mar, whose work will be for sale this year at Art Basel. Still to come, financial statements, stories of money, and the price of life in South Florida. Both of our kids have gotten engaged. So speaking of financial investments, I think everybody understands what that means. That story coming up. <laughs> 